is the Chronicles of Aguna, and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, part of the 90 Min Football Network and sponsored for the month of December by our good friends over at Pro Prep. Big, big show coming up for you today. I'd planned a show and I was about to get it all in motion. I'd, I'd written some notes, I'd drawn up some topics that we were going to discuss. One of them was, of course, around Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who's being linked with a move to Barcelona in January. And that was kind of the headline that I was going to lead with. But just 15 minutes before we went live, uh, the news broke officially that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has been stripped of the Arsenal captaincy. A club statement revealed that Arsenal had had enough, basically. Uh, they didn't say that in as many words, but that Arsenal had taken the decision. Mikel Arteta, you can assume, has taken the decision to strip Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang of the captaincy following his latest disciplinary breach. Now, let me bring you uh, up to speed on exactly what was said, because I realise a lot of you won't have had a chance um, to, uh, to, to have a read of this, because as I say, it is something that's broken just minutes ago. Uh, so just to bring you up to speed with exactly what the club have said, this is the statement. It's very short. It's very to the point. doesn't give a lot of detail, but it does confirm that the decision has been taken to remove Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang as the Arsenal captain. They say, following his latest disciplinary breach last week, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang will no longer be our club captain and will not be considered for selection for Wednesday's match against West Ham United. We expect all our players, particularly our captain, to work to the rules and standards we have all set and agreed. We are fully focused on tomorrow's match. So Arsenal taking the decision, as I say, to pull the plug on Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's time as the Arsenal captain. And I think I think it's the right decision. I, I think that he's done it one too many times. I think he's crossed the line one too many times. And I think the statement sums it up perfectly. You cannot have a set of rules that you're asking everybody to adhere to and then make exceptions for your captain. He was granted an exception already in the sense, in the, you know, the fact that he was allowed to travel, to go and collect his mum from France. Um, more details obviously emerged yesterday about what exactly happened. And he did report for training on Thursday, as is said by David Ornstein over at The Athletic. But uh, he'd come back on that day. There was uncertainty around whether he'd met the COVID protocols. And all of that just causes a club a problem. And it's a, the, the thing with Aubameyang here is it's a complete disregard for the rules, which to me shows a lack of respect, as I've said before, to the club, to your manager, and perhaps most importantly, to your teammates, as well as the fans. So I think for me, Mikel Arteta has made the right decision here. I'm going to come over to the live chat in a few minutes and get some of you guys' reaction, because I know there's some pretty strong reaction 
in the chat box. And rightly so, look, this is a big deal. You know, this is not the first time Arsenal have had to strip a captain of that particular position. Um, and, and Graham Brooks asked a really good question, which we'll come on to talk about in a few minutes as to, well, what is the problem? Why do we have to keep stripping captains? Are we just making the wrong decisions in the first place? Or is it something that is systemic from the very top that almost gives these players the impression that they can basically do what they want, act as they wish without any consequences? And we'll get into all of that. Um, we've got another podcast coming up a little bit later on today. So some of the subjects that we were going to discuss on this one, we'll kick them over to the next podcast uh, because I realised that this story takes precedent. It is big big news. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, once again, for those of you joining us a few minutes late, has been stripped of the Arsenal captaincy. Um, my view on it is is very much this. You know, I, I talked about it the other day. I said that he probably needed to be stripped of the captaincy. I said that this was one too many times. I said that he'd gone too far. And I, I made a, a whole load of points with regards to why I felt this needed to happen. What I will say is you can say what you want about Mikel Arteta's team selections tactics, lack of experience um, and, and kind of point to questionable decisions that he's made throughout his Arsenal tenure. But what you cannot say is that he's afraid to make big calls because he's absolutely not. And I'm delighted that we've got a man at the helm who maybe isn't the guy that's going to take us up to the next level, but at least for now is the guy that isn't going to allow this crap that has been going on at Arsenal for years and years and years to continue to plague us. This guy is trying to fix that culture. And even if we get to the end of the season and we see that from a footballing perspective only, he's not getting us where we need to be or, or hasn't taken us to the level that we, we expect to be at, he would have done a lot of good. And a lot of that good is around getting characters out of this football club who simply shouldn't be there. And Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is one of them. Look, there have been question marks about Aubameyang for ages. There have been question marks about his attitude, question marks about his, um, you know, his commitment to the cause. And yeah, for a few weeks, he started running more. He started working harder. He started pressing people. He started doing the things that you'd expect from your centre forward captain and leader. And, and we gave him praise for that. Maybe we went over the top in that because, as I say, it is a minimum expectation. But a leopard doesn't change its spots, right? And the same problems have come to the fore once again with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. As I say, poor attitude, complete disregard for, for his manager, for his club, for his teammates, for the fans. And for me, it's it's just not acceptable. And Arsenal have absolutely, in my view, 100% made the right decision. Is this going to cause problems in the short term? Maybe it will. Maybe it will cause fractures in the changing room. We know that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has close friends within the Arsenal changing room. You know, there is, um, there's obviously, um, you know, there's obviously going to be some fallout to this. Is it going to disrupt preparations for the West Ham game? Yeah, it probably is, but it's it's the right decision for the longer term. And it's very much a longer term thing at Arsenal right now. That's very much what we're looking at. That's very much what the club's view on how we should move forward is. So um, I'm a little bit surprised that it's happened. Um, I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't almost delay the decision, uh, you know, leave him out to, tomorrow night maybe um, and kind of, kick the can down the road just a little bit and, and and make that call at a later date. But they've obviously feel that strongly. There's obviously, I would assume, been some 
discussion, conversations behind the scenes between Mikel Arteta and his player and, and the people right at the top of the club. I think there's a lot um, that has probably unfolded in the last few days, which has led to the club taking this decision. The other story I was going to bring you prior to this news breaking was that Barcelona are allegedly interested in signing Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And according to El Nacional in Spain, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is open to that move and would be happy to join them as early as January. So is this another step towards Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's um, I guess, I don't know what the word is, you know, controversial exit. Is that what you want to call it? Look, it's happened before. You know, it's happened with Mesut Ozil. People uh, in a lot of quarters, including myself at one point, felt that Mikel Arteta didn't manage that right. But at the end of the day, we are seeing some progress in terms of what it is that we're trying to do as a football club, in terms of how we're recruiting, uh, how we're trying to play. And that stacks up well for the manager. What doesn't stack up well is when you've got players in there who are just not doing their jobs, not performing, not taking things seriously. And and as I said, when, when Mikel Arteta came in, it was after Unai Emery who succeeded Arsene Wenger, who many of us felt allowed this culture of not really caring about the club, not really giving a shit, a lack of professionalism and all the other things that we used to moan about kind of breeding within the walls of the Emirates Stadium in London Colney. And now you've got a man who wants to stop that. He wants to cut it out. He wants to cut it out at the source. He wants to get rid of the players that behind the scenes are not pulling their weight, that have, as I keep saying, a disrespect for the football club, a disrespect for the fans, the manager, their teammates, who simply are not committed enough to the cause. And Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has overstepped that mark on so many occasions now. As, as somebody so rightly said in the chat box yesterday, once is a mistake, more than that, it's, it's a trend. And we really need to stop this trend. And we need to stop this culture whereby players come to this football club and think they're the bee's knees and can do whatever they want without any implications. I like the fact that Mikel Arteta has said, I don't care that you're Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I don't care that you're the captain. You've breached our disciplinary procedures on multiple occasions and you're going to get an adequate punishment for that. You're going to be sanctioned for that. If it was Callum Chambers that did it, for example, I guarantee you there wouldn't be fans in the chat box like there are now saying that Arteta's the problem, bin him out. You'd have said, oh, you know what? Well done, Mikel. And and Aubameyang is a, is a great striker when he's on song, but he hasn't been on song for ages. And ultimately, although that, you know, as a manager, you need to find the balance between embedding your culture, getting your points across, making sure people on the same page as you and creating a disciplined environment. You also have to make sure that you're getting the maximum out of the team. And at the moment with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, when the performances aren't there and the disciplinary side, which is the basics, the very basics, the very bottom line, when that's not there either, I think Mikel Arteta's got every right to be frustrated. And I said to you guys, after the... um after the game against Southampton, and I said it on the, the Football Daily podcast the other day, I said that listening to Mikel Arteta in his post-match interview and in his post-match press conference, I could feel the frustration in his voice. You could feel that there was something really bubbling under the surface. There was an anger there uh, with Mikel Arteta, and it's 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 boiled over now. And, um, you know, I, I don't think he's wrong to have made this decision. He's obviously left it a few days to kind of process and maybe have conversations with the player. We don't know exactly 
what the deal is and, and what has gone on. But they've given it some thought. They've given it some time. I think adequate time, given the severity of the incident. And and they've made their move and they've they've pulled the plug on Aubameyang. I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Um, I think it will have short-term negative implications, as always. These things do. It's it's drama that you don't really need when you want to be focused on the match at hand. But ultimately, the players put the manager in a position where he doesn't have any choice. And had Arteta refused to deal with this and just almost overlooked it, I think that although some fans wouldn't have been any the wiser and would have said, well, it would have been better to keep it in-house, actually, that makes Arteta look weak to the remainder of his dressing room and to the remainder of his players. So I don't blame Mikel Arteta for taking this action. The bottom line is, in my view, he was forced into it by Aubameyang's behaviour. And as a fan base, whether you like Arteta or not, whether you think he's the right man or not, whether you like his tactics, whether you call him a cone man like... Some people like to do, you know, pandemic pep, I've heard him labelled as as well. If you, even if you think all of those things, um, you've got to, you've got to back him here. You've got to back him here. It's as simple as that. Uh, You've got to back the manager because we need the culture at this football club to change. And only then will we be in a position from which we can push on to that next level. And, And Aubameyang is a big problem in that. Right, let's take some of uh, your comments and thoughts in the live chat box. The chat box is popping off, as you'd imagine, uh, on a day like this. Um, Bear with me uh, one moment. There we go. Just turn off the heating. I've turned the heating on in here from the morning uh, because it was cold and now I'm bloody sweating. Uh, Anyway, uh, VJ says, uh, sadly, his time has come to an unceremonious end. No legend status for him. He has let the team and the fans down. Uh, Inter has a different um, opinion on this. He says, be gone from the banter club of Bamiang. He's a great servant who's been scapegoated from our fan base to defend the cone man. Partey will be next on the fans agenda list. That's, that's nonsense. Um, nonsense. But we give everybody a voice. Uh, we'll be fair. Uh, the modern Guna says the club itself. Uh, is making a statement, a huge statement. Agreed. Uh, I can see quite a few of you in the chat box want to see Martin Odegaard named as the new captain. I'm not sure about that. I didn't include him in my list of five players that I'd happily see succeed the Bamiang a couple of days ago. Um, Nishith says that hopefully this drama turns to actual performance. Um, Arjit says, I'm surprised it happened, but it's the correct move in my opinion. He had not been a good captain. Uh, Alejandro says we need a captain who's vocal and won't hide. Joe Kerr says, simple, Harry. You can't be the leader if you don't follow the rules, uh, the same rules, sorry, as everyone else. Um, John Daly says we have such a young and impressionable group of young players. You can't have your captain taking the piss. Arteta is right. Arsenal need to shape up. Hope he goes in January, Barcelona or wherever. No one's bigger than the club. Completely agree. Uh, Tom says, I think this is a good long-term move. Not sure about the short term. Yeah, and look, Tom, I as I've said before, I think Mikel Arteta and Arsenal have been well aware for a while that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is not the right man to captain the side moving forward. I think Arsenal have been well aware of the fact that the striker problem is, is a big one and it's an area they definitely, definitely need to strengthen in. But they probably looked at what was available in the summer. They looked at it in terms of money, that is, 
understood the nature of, of what was needing to be done here, understood how big the rebuild would be and decided that actually with Aubameyang, a senior player who's proven he can play at a really high level in the past, along with Alexander Lacazette, plus Enketia and Balogun backing that up and the option potentially of Martinelli covering in that position, they probably felt it wasn't the priority at this time. And I don't think that Mikel Arteta wanted to do this now. I don't think that Mikel Arteta wanted to be in a situation going into the Christmas period where he had to do something with regards to his captain. He also loses a striking option by not putting uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang in the side, not considering him for selection. But as I keep saying, the player has put him in a position from which he has no choice. As I say, you look weak to your... Your players, you look weak to the in the club's eyes. You look weak in the press's eyes. You look weak in the fans' eyes. If you allow Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang time and time again to get away with his crap. So I'm delighted that he's done it. I'm delighted that he's, he's had the conviction to follow through with it. Do I think that it's a, a good move in the long term? I absolutely do. Do I think it will have a negative impact in the short term? Yeah, it might do. You know, you'd like to think that it won't. You know, I wondered going into the Southampton game if all the Aubameyang stuff pre-match was going to have an impact. And instead, we went out there and we played brilliantly um, after the first sort of quarter of an hour. So you'd hope that that continues. But of course, there must be disharmony in the dressing room. There must be discussion about it. There must be conversations about it. But although there'll be shock and there'll be disappointment from some players who will have been close to Aubameyang and really believe that he's imperative to Arsenal's chances of achieving their objectives this season, I think there will be others who are sitting there quietly, of course, and and looking at Mikel and thinking, you know what, you've got balls and um, you're, you're fair and you're consistent and, and you punish people regardless of who they are when they break the rules. And I think if I were a player that would help me buy into a manager. I would look at him and go, well, you're honest and, and you're fair and you're not phased by who it is that's in question. I would take a lot of encouragement from that if I were a player. Uh, but I agree, in the short term, it could be a bit of a problem. Uh, Matt Tomo says, uh, well, I was not expecting this. It's what I wanted, but not what I expected. Uh, Creambone says, a different jumper. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do own more than one jumper, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> Uh, Matt Murdoch says, um, Harry, I hope you're happy that Aubameyang is stripped of the captaincy due to a disciplinary breach, but it's OK for Willian to go to Dubai for Salt Bay and it's OK for Xhaka to tell the fans to F off. Shaking my head, says Matt Murdoch. Well, first of all, Matt, this is not he's not been stripped of the captaincy because of one disciplinary breach. Yeah, let's let's have this right. This has been a series of incidents that have led to this point. OK, it's been a number of incidents that have got Mikel Arteta and Arsenal to the point whereby they do not feel that this guy is deserving of continuing as the club captain. Willian, everybody's, you know, I've had a load of tweets overnight from people saying to me, oh, you, you know, where was this energy with Willian? I said at the time with Willian that I couldn't believe that he'd gone abroad. And the club explained that there were some work commitments, didn't they? If you remember, there was a, a lot of talk about it at the time and there was there was an explanation with regards to Willian's reasons for going. Arsenal stayed radio silent on Aubameyang, which means that they weren't in agreement with what he did. They, they, you know, they sanctioned him to go abroad, but they didn't sanction him to return late. They didn't um, account for the fact that he was going to come late and and not have the relevant uh, COVID testing done or, or 
have any, you know, there was obviously doubts about that. So that's a problem. So the Willian thing was explained. And the thing I'd say to all of you who are banging on about Willian is where the hell is he now? You know, Arsenal looked at Willian, looked at all of the, the factors of Willian um, and decided that he was not someone they wanted to keep out of the club. And within 12 months, he was gone. So where is Willian now would be my response to that. And as for Granit Xhaka, he cupped his ear um, and gave a bit of stick back to fans that had been giving him abuse for a few weeks. I, I don't think the situations are comparable because Xhaka had an outburst. Aubameyang, we're talking about his professionalism here. It's a very different thing. Xhaka showed a lapse of professionalism in an isolated incident, whereas um, Aubameyang has shown it repeatedly. I think they're very, very different situations, and I wish people would stop comparing them. Um, Jay Dubia says, correctly acting like a big boy club. Completely agree, mate. Completely agree. It's about time. Arsenal acted like a big club and the club is bigger than Aubameyang. It was here long before Aubameyang was around and it will be here long after Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. So completely agree. He's not playing well. Um, his attitude has been poor for a while now. This is a, a, a common, th a constant theme with him. You know, how many disciplinary breaches is he going to be allowed to get away with? He's the captain for God's sake. And there's a greater responsibility on the captain than anybody else. So for him not to follow the rules, not to follow the protocols, he has to be punished. It's as simple as that. Uh, big thank you to Anish for his uh, very, very kind Super Chat donation. Anish, thank you uh, so, so much, mate. If you would like uh, to make sure that your comment and question gets read out, pop in a Super Chat in the chat and uh, and I will come over to them. And obviously, that really helps me in uh, in growing the channel and working more on the channel. So I do really, really appreciate it. Uh, Anish also says, wow, some news. Uh, wow, that's some news. Good job. Enjoy the content. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, let's keep going. Let's keep going uh, through um, through the comments. This is a great point from Mohammed Chowdhury, who says, given the COVID issues versus Brentford, Oba causing confusion around COVID protocols and risking another Brentford type outbreak is not acceptable. That's a great point. I hadn't even thought of the COVID. For me, it was my initial thought was, well, it's the disrespect. It's the, the lack of kind of respect for the rules that are in place and the fact that he's come back late, despite that not being what he was told he could do. And it was the, the breaking of the rules. But you're right with COVID at this time, there's even more responsibility to make sure that the protocols are, are followed and that people are being sensible because as you say, an, an outbreak of that kind of ilk could, could completely derail our season. Uh, lots of you commenting about the yellow bar rolling across the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, we've gone for the breaking news style uh, today. Uh, Paul Thomas Forsman says today's news slash statement is not an Arteta decision though. Oh, come on. It, it's, it's definitely led by Mikel Arteta. Surely. Um, I'm sure he's gone upstairs. I'm sure he's had a word with Edu about it. Um, you know, Vinay wouldn't have had anything to do with it. He's not involved in the footballing side. Um, perhaps Josh Kroenke's been consulted, but this is a this is definitely a decision that stems from Mikel Arteta, and, and rightly so. He's the manager. He's the one um, who should have the final say on that for me. Uh, let's see what we've got uh, in the chat box. Harvey says, Harry, do you think the wages players get paid is a problem? I would like a more performance-based type uh, based system, but not sure it would work. Um, look, I think in any industry, when you're the best at what you do, you can command 
bigger money, right? You know, that that's just the way it works. Uh, so I, I'm not really sure that it's a problem to do with um, with the pay. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that it's very easy to say that he got the big contract, same as Ozil, didn't perform. I think it's lazy analysis, though. If I'm be, And I'm not saying that you're guilty of that, Harvey. I know you're just asking the question. But I think anybody who points solely to the contract is 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 being lazy in their analysis of what's actually gone wrong. I think there's a lack of drive. There's a lack of ambition within some of these players. There's a, almost a sense of, well, I've made it now, um, that kind of comes with being at that stage in your career. Uh, at, you know, in some people's mentality, in some people's psyche, it's not there. You know, you look at Cristiano Ronaldo, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, these guys are nearly 40 years old and they're still pushing through with the same drive, but they're, they're one in a millions. You know, I think that people like Aubameyang, there is a lot of them in football. Um, they can become mercenaries in a lot of ways towards the latter stages of their career. And I think that's what's happened with him um, to a degree. Uh, lots and lots of comments coming through. Let me um, take this super chat. From Saeed Abdullah. Saeed, thank you so, so much, mate, for your very, very kind donation. As always, it is so, so appreciated. He said, you can't expect to be captain if you can't even follow the club rules and values yourself. I don't think this move will be a bad one in the long term. I think this move will have a positive effect on the team. Yeah, I, again, I, I do agree that it probably will have a positive effect in the team in the longer term. Um but I, I do worry that in the short term, there might be some implications, but it's part of the course. You've you got to deal with it. You've got to take the rough with the smooth, right? Uh, Ahmad says, uh, why not deal with such situations internally? How can you deal with this situation internally is the question I'd ask. In a day and age where there are so many links and so many reports that go out to the press, how could you possibly keep this in-house? You might be able to keep it in-house for a bit of time for a few days, for a week, for a month. But at some point, it will come out. It will come out when people realise that Aubameyang wasn't in training. It will come out when the next time, if he does play again for Arsenal, that when he's not wearing the armband. You know, it's it's one of these things that, um, you know, it, it's one of these things that I think you need to get ahead of the game. You need to get ahead of it and, and control the narrative as a football club before someone else gets hold of it and creates a completely inaccurate narrative, which then causes you problems moving forward. Um, question specifically around the West Ham game, which we're going to talk a lot more about on the preview show that we're doing a little bit later on. Myself and Metro Sports, Mike Stavry will be bringing you a live broadcast from 4.30pm UK time today. Uh, Palash says, Harry, do you think this impacts the West Ham match positively or negatively? Again, look, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't... Um, slightly concerned by the short-term implications of this. Um, you know, if you think about the the previous times where Aubameyang's been in this situation or there's been talk and speculation around him, think back to the North London derby, Arsenal responded by going out and winning that game. And ahead of the, the game against Southampton at the weekend, I wondered whether this was going to have a negative impact and cause a problem. And actually, it, it spurred Arsenal and I thought they did really, really well. All right, maybe it didn't spur Arsenal on, but it certainly didn't impact in their performance. I'd like to think that that would be the case again. Um, but the, the the reality is here is that this is a very good West Ham United side. And if we don't win the game, you can think and, and assume and perhaps uh, believe that the game outcome was, was determined by Mikel Arteta's decision to do this on the eve of it. But ultimately... 
Uh, it's more to do with um, the fact that they're they're a good side and and we're a side that are trying to catch them and there's not that much difference between the two sides. Therefore, it could go either way. Um, yeah, look, it's uh, it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's a difficult one, but it it, it it's had to happen, um, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah. Um, keep getting your questions in. Uh, make sure you're subscribed um, to the channel. If you're not, make sure you hit the like button on the video if you haven't done so already. In fact, let's check where we are in terms of likes at the moment because we've got over 250 of you watching. Um, but we've only got 61 likes on the board on YouTube. So if you haven't done so already, uh, please do. Um please do hit that like button. It really does help. And I just want to bring you guys a quick uh, message from our sponsors at this moment in time, our good friends over at ProPrep. Uh, ProPrep is the perfect study tool for university students undertaking science, technology, engineering, or maths-related modules, and it can half your study time. ProPrep provides bite-sized videos relevant to the module or course that you're doing, which can be accessed from any device at any time, and it's already helped over half a million students to pass their exams. They provide customized STEM study tools that match your syllabus. Long lectures are condensed down into short and clear video tutorials. And after the videos, you can go through what you've just learned with interactive exercises and practice questions. You can even submit questions to the Pro Prep professors and receive a video answer back within 24 hours. Pro Prep have created a special offer just for our listeners. All you need to do is go to their website, proprep.uk slash info slash football. You can find more information there and listeners of the Chronicles of Aguna can sign up to a free 30-day trial without inputting any credit card details. That's Pro Prep, P-R-O-P-R-E-P, dot uk slash info slash football pro prep the ultimate study tool and we thank them for their very kind sponsorship right get your questions in let's take some questions uh and we'll we'll, we'll park the other subjects we'll talk about them on the next uh, episode because there's just so much to unpack um uh you know there's just, there's just so much to unpack uh, with regards to this situation, I, I don't want to leave any stones unturned. So get your questions in the chat box. We'll pick out as many of those as we possibly can. Don't forget, if you're listening via the audio platforms, please do leave us a review. That really, really does help. And we were in the top 80 uh, in the UK football podcast charts uh, just a, a few days ago. Um, got an email through to say that, which I'm delighted about. And I know there are some giant podcasts in the UK. So to be in the top 80, and that doesn't even include all our wonderful viewers here on YouTube, that's purely in the audio space, is a, is a huge achievement. And I'm absolutely buzzing about that. So long may it continue. And thank you for the support. Right, let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. Uh, Dapo Dap says, um, Harry, who would you make captain for the short term? So when I did my video the other day, uh, or my podcast the other day about the five players I would consider um, sort of giving the, the captaincy to in the event that Aubameyang was stripped of it. I, I had pros and cons for all of them because um, I think there are cons with all of them as well as there being pros with the players that I discussed. But I think I'd give it to Lacquer in the short term. As I say, first of all, I think that a lot of these young players who you might think will be future captains, I think they could do without having that additional responsibility. I think with responsibility, some people take it on and use it as, as something to spur them on. Some people thrive on it. Others find it a burden. 
others find it a weight on their shoulders that they can't always they can't always carry. So I'm of the opinion that if you leave it with Lacquer, and I know Lacquer probably leaves at the end of the season, but I just think for me, very popular within the dressing room, is clearly going to be uh, playing more regularly in the event that Aubameyang doesn't find the way back into the team. Um is massively respected. I, I think he's one of the players in this squad that you could never question his professionalism. And I think he ticks all the right boxes. And that gives Mikel Arteta just a bit of breathing space, a bit of time to focus on other matters and then worry about this again properly in the summer. And, and imagine what a motivation this would be for some of those young players as well. The Ramsdales, the Whites, the Smith-Rose, the Odegaard, you know, who the Gabriels, who maybe look at the captaincy as something they'd like to take on in the future. It would just, I think they will look at Lacquer and say, okay, we respect him and we're going to follow this guy and we're going to listen to him. And he always sets a great example. But we know he's not going to be there in the long term. Can you imagine the extra motivation that some of those young players would have, knowing, believing that they could potentially take on the mantle moving forward? I would see it as a huge motivation. So, um, yeah, I think Lacazette is, is the option for me anyway in the short term, because with everybody else, I worry that we'll be in the situation that we were in with Aubameyang again, whereby somebody's got it because we had to rush into a decision and we might see six months down the line that they're not the right person and then stripping it causes problems, you know, and and, and that's where I'm at. So I think the, the short-term approach is the right one um, to take uh, for now. Uh, Said Abdullah goes on to say, do you think giving the armband back to Xhaka would be the perfect move for now. Look, I wouldn't be opposed to giving it back to Granite Xhaka, but I know the majority of the fan base would never accept it and they'd be waiting for us to fail so that they could then point to that decision as a bad one. So, um, no, I'm, um, I, I'm, I probably wouldn't do that, but if it did happen, I wouldn't be protesting about it. Let's put it that way. Uh, Michael Cohen says, is this the beginning of the end for Oba? Is he out in the next two windows? Well, I think this is really interesting because... For Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, it looks like the end is nigh, right? It looks like the end is just around the corner. And, and as I say, the story I was going to bring you today prior to this announcement coming out, and I'd made the thumbnail and everything, was that Barcelona are said to be interested in Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and that the player himself, according, as I say, to El Nacional, is open to the idea and he's open to the move. So I think Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's Arsenal career is has been heading towards its close for a while now, regardless of this incident. I think that that was the, you know, the idea would have been perhaps in the summer to look to see if you could get something for him going into the final year of his contract. So I do think that it's probably the beginning of the end. Look, you're going to learn a lot about Oba now um, in the next few months, because if I were Mikel Arteta, I'd look at this as I've made my statement now. I've made my point. I've stripped you of the captaincy the first time you were sanctioned and left out of a squad, the second time you were stripped of the captaincy. I wouldn't completely close the door on Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang as a player and as an option, though. Um, I'd give him the opportunity to, to fight his way back into the team and prove his value to the squad. He ain't getting the captain's armband back, but it doesn't mean he's never going to play for the club again. That's how I would approach it as a manager, and I'd be very, very clear with the player that although I've done this, you've given me no choice and I've had to do this to uphold the standards that we've set and that we've all agreed on, by the way. But 
you can no longer be captain. If you want to be a part of this team now moving forward, that, my friend, is up to you. And that will depend on your attitude. That will depend on, on whether you get back and you apologise and you get on with things. So I think the ball's in in um, in Aubameyang's court here. I think that Arteta clearly rates him as a footballer. He picks him all the time. I don't, I don't think there's any issue with Arteta and, you know, his thoughts on his ability. I think it's purely about attitude and purely about discipline. So as I say... I think that the end is is around the corner. I think they'll try and sell him in January. I think they'll try and sell him in the summer if that fails. Um, but ultimately, he's on a huge contract and that is going to be the problem that we have here. Um, so, yeah, look, I think he probably will move on soon. But I, I wouldn't, if I were the manager anyway, be closing the door on him completely unless he's not displaying the right attitude behind the scenes and he is being a bit standoffish and he's not accepting, acknowledging that he's the one at fault here. Uh, let's see, um, what else we've got. Uh, Rudy Sarkar says that, do you believe the rumours about Erdogan being lined up as the next captain? I, I don't know, to be honest with you, man. I've got no, um, no real, um, insight on that or opinion. Um, well, no, I've got an opinion. My opinion is that he's someone that you could potentially pick. I, I'm, I don't think that Martin Odegaard needs that right now, though. And that's why when I did my list of five players, you could potentially replace Oba in that role. I didn't put him in there because I feel like he's someone who's still yet to convince all of the Arsenal fans of his level. I think he's been great in the last three games, barring that one moment of madness at Old Trafford. But, um, you know, I still think that he's got a long way to go in terms of proving himself. And I, and I talked about the burden on certain players. And it's important to remember that Martin Odegaard is still a young player. We talk about wanting to protect Saka, Smith Rowe and some of the others. Martin Odegaard is a young man as well. And I think he's starting to flourish and find himself now. And I don't really want to burden him with the captaincy. So if, if it is the decision, it's not one I'm going to be like, oh, my God, that's mad. What are you doing? But it isn't the one I would pick. Um, uh, Matt G says he had to be stripped of the captaincy. I completely agree. Um Completely agree with that. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Joker says, um, why has the majority of our past captains in the past decade all ended poorly? Yeah, it's it's a really great point. And as I mentioned right at the top of the show, Graham Brooks, who I'm sure you all know, uh, sort of replied to my tweet and said, um, you know, what you, the question you have to ask yourself is, why does this keep happening? Well, I think we've made bad decisions in terms of the people that we've appointed in the past. I think the way we've made the decisions has been questionable, i.e. Unai Emery's let's have a poll, a popularity contest and see who it is that's going to get the captaincy. I didn't think that was right. And clearly, it you know, it, it led to Granit Xhaka being appointed, who I do have some sympathy for, but ultimately still you can't react the way he did. Um, you know, I, I think that, when you think about it prior to that, it's it's always been the best player. It's always been Arsenal trying to keep hold of the best player. But ultimately, the, the problem in years gone by was that the team weren't competing at the highest level. And you can never keep your best players happy if you're not competing at the level at which they want to be competing. That's as simple as it, it can be. You know, it, that's as simple as it. Sorry, it's as simple as that. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing more to it like Van Persie, Fabregas, all these guys, Thierry Henry that were captains of the club, they just outgrew the club because the club was failing to meet their own personal ambitions. So that's been a problem in the past. I also think lately we've picked um, we've picked the wrong characters, but 
when you looked at the rest of the squad, there weren't any standout leaders. And so naturally you go with seniority. And I think we've gone with seniority here. We went with our best player in Oba and he's just, you know, he's clearly not that man. He's clearly not someone who thrives at being a captain or having that onus on him or that responsibility. Um, so yeah, let's, um, let's see, but it's definitely a, a problem at Arsenal. There have been bad decisions made in the past, and I think we've shown in in the last six months or or a year that we we're starting to make better decisions as a football club. Let's hope that the next captain is proves to be a better choice uh, than um, than the previous ones as well. Right, uh, let's just quickly check in on the likes again before we let you go. Look, we've got. 94 likes on the board. There's 260 of you watching us live right now. Hit that like button if you haven't done so already. Let's get it over 100 by the time the outro plays. And as I say, we're going to be back later on at 4.30 p.m. Myself and Mike Stavrou of Metro Sport, he'll be giving his view. You've heard mine. He'll be giving his view on this entire situation. We'll be talking about how exactly it might impact the West Ham game. And we'll be previewing that fixture at Emirates Stadium tomorrow night. So lots and lots to get into on that later edition of the show. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you leave us a review if you're listening via the audio platforms. Thank you, as always, for your wonderful participation in the comments section. It is always appreciated. And it's the only reason I can do solo shows like this uh, is because of how good the interaction is in the chat box. So thank you all so much. We'll be back very, very soon with more. Until next time, goodbye. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.